This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. All the way from the A, you listen to my favorite lesbian on BRQ. Hey, stay locked in with your favorite lesbian on Black Radical Queer. Yeah. Hey y'all, this is Javia Nicole, aka your favorite lesbian, and you're listening to Black Radical Queer Podcast, our stories on our own terms. All right, y'all, so I want to apologize in advance for the sound quality of this episode. I had to use Google Voice. I attempted to use something else and it did not work. (laughs) So I had to use Google Voice, which as you all know, or I think I've said before, it's like a regular phone call, just recording, you know, just recording a call. And it's not the best audio quality, but I did not want that to let me, I didn't want that to stop me from um, sharing, you know, the episode with y'all and having Taylor on and all that good stuff. So um, yeah, that's my disclaimer. Y'all know this is what happens in the DIY podcast life um, until I can get, you know, some dedicated stuff and some coins and all that kind of stuff. So just doing the best I can. Um, Thank you for your understanding. This is Javia Nicole. Welcome to another episode of Black Radical Career Podcast. I am very excited to have a very talented artist on with me today who I will allow to introduce themselves. Y'all already know how this goes, so I'm going to uh, shut up, <laughs> let them introduce themselves, and then we'll get into our conversation. Hello, hello. This is Taylor Pinnell of Taylor Mind Studios. So um, tell us a little bit about, like, just where you're from, what you do, uh, what is Tailored Mind Studios. I mean, to someone who is completely, to the listener who's like completely unfamiliar with who you are or what you do. Well, um, my name is Taylor and I am an artist. I've been an artist since I was seven years old. That is actually when I announced that um, I will be an artist um, Taylor Mind Studios is my studio art gallery located in Sacramento, California. Well, downtown Sacramento, California, and it's actually been a goal of mine since I was seven. I will reference seven years old because that's when I, you know, made my mark of who I am at that age. Um, but yeah, it's my art studio gallery, and I have my own events here. People also bring out the space to have their events. I teach classes. Um, I have artwork in the gallery of local artists, and I'm actually looking for other artists. And there's a host of things that happen here. I have a cafe, and I have a small dance and yoga studio here, too, and my clothing store. Um, so, yeah, 
I have a lot going on in East Davis Studio, and I expect to have a little bit more. <laughs> oh, let's circle back to the seven years old, because in that in that statement, you mentioned that like two or three times. So you said you announced that you're an artist. So how did this, what was going on with seven-year-old Taylor? Like, how? what happened here? I need to know. <laughs> oh, there was a lot going on with seven-year-old Taylor. Um, but the conversation I had about my future was my mom. She brought it up. I don't remember where we were or anything, but she asked me, she's like, so what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to have my own community center. And she said, a community center? And she's like, what would you do at this community center? And I gave her the rundown of, I want to have art there, and I want to build up the community, and I want to have music, and um, I want sports there. And I just started running down everything I want. And she's like, oh, that sounds like a rec center. I said, a rec center? And she was like, yeah, a recreational center. I said, what's that? And she breaks that down for me. And I was like, well, no, because I want art there and I want it to be like a museum. She's yeah, like, that's not what I said. I said what I yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, so I was like, no, maybe museum. And she's like, well, then she gives me a rundown what a museum is. I was like, no, that's not fitting. But um, she basically told me that the rec center is based, I can do all those things. But as I got older, I realized, no, nah, that's not it. None of that is, is it. Because I want it to also be a creative space. So I settled with studio, but um, when I do have a bigger space, I'm going to have all three of those type of things in that studio. So I want like a museum slash rec center slash community center in a space. That's my goal. But for now, it's just a studio and it's, it's nice and intimate and quaint. It has good vibes. So really, seven-year-old Taylor didn't like didn't have something that was existing to even reference to say, like, I want this kind of thing. It was just like, you made it up on your own. You know, you're like, I want to combine all these things. And, you know, it, it could, you couldn't really put it in a box of saying, oh, it's just this. It's like, no, actually, <laughs> this is a multi-purpose art space. Exactly. Yeah. Because I have a family full of nurturers and... They were always taking people in, especially my brothers. They still do it to this day. Um, but I remember having a house full of boys because they were always helping someone out. And my mom took them in like they were their children. I remember having the whole football team stay at our house for a while because, you know, a lot of them had bad, you know, situations at home. Um, that's how it was. But I, I saw that and I wanted to do something about that. I wanted to provide a space where people could come and and feel welcomed wherever they are. And sometimes we didn't have any money. You know, I didn't really experience that, but my family did. My brothers, they were older, so they understood more. But we were poor, but my mom still did everything she could. Um, so I kind of wanted to bring a space to where um, it didn't burden my mother. And then, you know, we can still, you know, what do you call it? Build from it. Um, right. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. It's, um, something I've talked about on the show before is that, um, and I actually, I just did this thing, <laughs> like this uh, concept, I ran for like a title, blah, 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 type of thing. And um, one of the things I mentioned was that when I was growing up, my grandmother took people in and my mother took people in. And so I was very used to seeing that. And I'm very used to kind of like family, including many people who are not blood relatives because of the folks that they took in. And, and something that my mom mentioned when I got married, 
she looked around and saw like the people who came from like my wife's side versus people who came from my side. And my side was very much a mix of my family and my friends. Um, my wife has a pretty big family, um, but we, we each had, you know, ample representation there, but it was just like, we are so used to taking folks in. That's just kind of the background that my family had. And that's what I always saw. So I always like to host things and like be, be able to have a space that people can come to and, relax and just, you know, be that nurturer and have a like a home base for folks. So um, I think that's a really, it's a really dope like legacy to carry on. And it's something especially that people of color, black people, queer people especially need because so many of us are ostracized from like our homes of origin, or our families of origin. So we don't automatically have those spaces we can go to. So we often have to create them. And it's funny because um, I knew that when I was young. I just didn't know what all those things were called. Um, so I, I I don't know. I was always surrounded by different people. It was mostly because of my grandmother. My grandmother, to this day, <laughs> even having cancer and being older, she's still driving the car right around taking care of everybody else. Mm. You know? And, and, and it's just... It is. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's how she is, and I get that from her. Um so, no, I definitely following in his footsteps, and it's not even planned, but it's just ingrained in me. That's how I be. Like, it, it's not even on purpose. I look at the things that I enjoy and, like, just kind of, I love being able to bring people together in all kinds of spaces. And sometimes we, there are things that are, like, our birthright or just kind of embedded <laughs> in us through yeah. the generations that we don't even, you know, realize. And the the great thing is that we can we can move it forward and we can see the different ways we can manifest because we can see like, oh, well, my grandmother took people in in this way. This is what that looked like. My mother took people in this way. This is what that looked like. I have the opportunity to do that in a different way or, you know, even just adding on to it. And that's something that um, you're currently doing because it's kind of taking that same concept, but even making it more broad. Yeah, it's funny you say that, though. Um, I don't think about it often because I didn't grow up with my father. Um, I don't know much about my dad's side, but um, I recently found out, especially being in, in the industry, um, my last name has a lot of weight and has a big legacy in Sacramento. Um, and my cousin, he has a community center out here called San Pinel Community Center. And someone met me uh, through passing and they came to the studio. And then I guess they didn't realize my last name until they seen it on my business card. And he's like, wait, you're a Pinel? And I was like, yeah. He's like, so are you related to San Pinel? I was like, yeah. And he goes, whoa. That's big. And then he gives me a rundown of what my cousin did. <laughs> wow. And, and how he helped. Yeah, and how he helped people. And it just, like, and this guy is, like, 65 or something like that. And he's, like, he was my teacher, you know? And he's, he's giving me, he's, like, my, he's my mentor. And he gave me the rundown of, like, what he did and how who he was to people. And I'm just, like, mind blown. And then on top of that, Bonnie Pinnell, she passed uh, a few years ago, but... She was, uh, I believe, the senator for Sacramento, and she did a lot here. So I have some ginormous shoes to fill that I didn't even know I had to fill, or I was already filling and um, holding up the legacy for that. So I have two different legacies from both sides of my family, but but it's like, it's so crazy to me because I didn't grow up with that side of family, so it's like, it's just naturally... In my blood, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And and I mean, I know you say you have big shoes to fill, but the reality is that like you have your own shoes. Like 
you're, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, you're still continue, like carrying this thing on, but you wear your own damn shoes because you're doing it in a way that is unique to you. So um, it's not even necessarily like picking up where they left off because some stuff is like beyond what they could have imagined. So it's just like you doing it in your own way. So Yeah, because I'm doing um, it through art. I say that. Right. So how long, how long have you had your studio? So I've had my studio open. I've had my studio for a while, but I have my studio open for only three weeks now, and it's been oh. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's only been open for three weeks. Uh, I haven't. I just started advertising when I opened it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on right now. It's great stuff, but, like, <laughs> what do you mean? How did you, how did you get to, to process? Because since, since you know, you're just opening this, like, how did you get there? Like, how did you even get okay, into the I, I, love, I guess I let the everything. cat out the bag. I guess I let the cat out the bag. Um, so... I live in Lost Apartments in downtown Sacramento, and I moved here about four years ago. Um, in April, I moved to a bigger a bigger loft in the building. Before I moved back into this bigger loft, um, I was looking for, like, midtown Victorian homes um, in the downtown area and storefronts and stuff like that, and they wanted three to 5000 a month. Now, mind you, I'm mm-hmm. a preschool teacher, and I wasn't—I'm not making money like that. And I was like, I can't afford that. And I was like, fuck that. Oh, I don't. Can I cuss? Sorry, my bad. <laughs> oh, we done. <laughs> Please, <laughs> I can't every single episode. They probably thought of me. <laughs> You're funny. Okay, but yeah, I was like, fuck that. Um, I'm just gonna—I'm gonna start my business here. So, since April, I was trying to get everything together and how I was gonna design it in the decor. And um, a week before the Black Queer in Here event, um, just in one week, I renovated, I painted, and I built a wall, a brick a wall, like sliding doors, that um, separated my living space from the, the uh, studio art gallery space. Um, well, then, wait you, a minute, you want right. to build walls and shit? Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my uh, Oh, my God. <laughs> Because they yelled me, but in one week, mind you, I'm a preschool teacher and I work Monday through Friday, and I was doing events on the weekend. Um, yeah, I, I I got it done though, and for the event, they were amazed. Like, and that's what I wanted because when when I talk about it to people, I tell people I don't think they really, I don't really think they understand what I have going on, and and I and I look younger than what I am, and I'm black. So when people around here, especially in Sacramento, when black people do things. They kind of think it's gonna be a what's a good word for it? Bullet. <laughs> yeah. They don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't. Even though we like a modern or right, professional or nothing like that. Together when it's like right. you know we've been we've been making like we've been making a dollar out of nothing forever, so we know how to stretch right. and shit and make it be great. But exactly. people still be doing right. So when they walk in here, it's like. It's crazy, but at the same time, I also know people that, I don't know if they doubt me or not, but they're unsure because I'm doing all this by myself. So when they walk in, they they have no choice to be amazed because it's professional, it's modern, it's hip, it's cool, and it has a vibe of welcoming and nurturing in here. And that's what I, I put my soul into it. So, yeah, 
I haven't been open up that long, but I have last month I had one booking, somebody ran out the studio and this month I have three. All in like Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Just in a matter of a few um, weeks. I mean right. so, I mean honestly that means too that the space, your work and what you put into it is speaking for itself and it's taking off. And so now you get to see kind of this thing go from being an idea to being in progress to, you know, actually coming to fruition. And sometimes when we do stuff like that, it may even go in a direction that we didn't anticipate. Like it may happen faster than we thought, which is like what happened with me with this damn podcast. I did not anticipate. <laughs> I did not anticipate the audience growing the way it has in the time frame. But um, yeah, you just never know how how things will actually like come to fruition. And so even now, you have like triple <laughs> the bookings is three but from one to three it's triple in a short amount of yeah. time you know so it's no telling when you i mean we're about to be in 2020 but we, when the year starts who knows what that's going to look like you know yeah and i'm actually i was like i was a little doubtful if i should open it before i had my grand opening because i wasn't sure um but i was like no I'm, i want people to go on this journey with me because you know if you hear when it starts you're going to be amazed when at the end too you mm-hmm. know um, mm-hmm. And I'm not even done, like, with the, the setup here and the aesthetics. I'm also building a stage, and I'm trying to get sound equipment and all that stuff. So when performers come in, they don't have to worry about bringing all their equipment and stuff. They can use mine. Um, and for my grand opening in January, you know, that will all be, you know, all set up and all that stuff. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, and I'm, I like that I'm surprising people, <laughs> you know. And I mean, it's almost. You're kind of surprising yourself <laughs> a little bit because you're like, well, I didn't no, open it up. But I mean, I think it's it's actually pretty cool to it, it gives you almost kind of like a um a little intro to folks into the community, and um there's also almost this like exclusiveness because there are going to be people who are like, hey, I got to be in this space before it was like officially officially open to everybody and see the transformation, um and so. I think, too, it helps because that allows the community to be invested because that type of space is something that um, really becomes an integral part of, like, what uh, the landscape of that community, basically. So it allows people to get involved in that early on. And one of the things that you mentioned, you said you wanted to have, you know, art from other artists. So is there, like, a certain vibe you're going for? Like, what type of – are you looking for certain types of artists, certain types of art? What is it that you want? to have in the space. So do you want to have that before the grand opening? Yes. Um, I, hold on, how do I say this? I welcome everyone. I'm not turning anyone away because, like I said, my goal has always been to go to the community, and that means all colors, even even my Caucasian brothers and sisters. I'm trying to, I'm trying to uplift my people, my black people. I'm trying to give space to my POC friends and family. And I'm also trying to educate Caucasians and also make them feel welcome because there's some Caucasians that grow up in our communities and don't know nothing else, you know. Um, so I'm not trying to dismiss them as well. But I'm also trying to get this society, especially Sacramento, to a, to a place to where they can come and be themselves. Because there's so many people of all ages who don't know who they are or don't even know what makes them happy. And I would like to provide a space to where they can sit down and figure that out, you know. And with that, artists, that's how they express themselves. 
So if they really feel like they would like my their art to be seen in my gallery because they feel like this is the gallery that will help them voice themselves, I welcome them. So no, I'm not really turning on you away, but I will be, uh, what's the word, not picky, but... It sounds like prioritizing. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, I will be. Not, it, it, I won't just be allowing any type of artwork here or any message here, but I do want to still provide a welcoming space for everyone. So if you check the mail and you have some uh, some stuff and you'd be like, is this from DRQ? Don't be surprised. <laughs> I'm like, what if I'm trying to get some photos in the gallery? No, it's, I, it's been such a long time since I've, um, like, for real, for real, done photography, even though I do love it. Um, I have to kind of circle back to it because I, I fell in love with it and then I started doing it for money and it honestly kind of messed it up. Um, I had some mixed experiences. I'll put it like that. I'm doing it like as a job. And so I'm trying to kind of circle back to it because I do love photography and just kind of, but I like it more as a hobby. I don't want it to be my, um, like my main thing or whatever because it just kind of dealing with some stuff just kind of killed it but um i do think it's it's um dope to be able to have a space where you can accept um you know art from a variety of folks my folks who listen to the show already know y'all know i don't center white folks but um it's crazy to me because i i'm very um unapologetic about that like the show does center black queer folks and it's a platform for you know for us to be able to um for our, our stories to be heard by us, from us. Um, but something that I end up learning over the course of doing this podcast is that I have white listeners, and I'm like, I'm surprised <laughs> that y'all listen. Because I, I go in, I'm like, listen, white folks, let me tell you how you got to be fucked up. No, for real. I really, like, it's no it's no sugarcoating. It's no, um, I'm, I'm very unapologetic about that. But, you know, at the same time, you never know who may get something from what you provide. And so I feel exactly. like... Exactly. I'm going mm-hmm. to touch on that when you're finished. Yeah. So, no, that's it. I mean, I just... I, you really never know. But I just make sure that, like, for me, I'm like, okay, when I put this out there, you know, this is Black Rock Queer. I'm centering Black Christmas. This is about our story. So, you don't, you know, I don't allow... Um, like, I don't have, like, white guests, but at the same time, I'm not going to be like, this white person can't listen to the show. <laughs> Bro, I have no control over that. Um, but, you know, I have gotten good feedback from folks who are just saying, okay, well, this, you know, because you uh, are unapologetic and you, you know, basically just keep it real, I've been checking myself or I've been, like, forced to check myself. Um, I'm not, I don't, like, uh, directly do kind of, like, the education. I used to be like that where I'm like, let me educate the people and blah, blah, blah. I'm kind of past that. I'm like, I've been there, done that. I don't really do that in terms of with white people, but I recognize that the show has kind of become that for some folks. And so um, where they're like, okay, well, I listened to this and I was able to get a different perspective by hearing this from and not through, you know, some white media source or through somebody else retelling the story. So. Um, you just never know who who may get something from what you're doing. Even if it's not necessarily explicitly for them, I think that when we censor folks who are marginalized, everybody benefits. And I feel like that's an example of that. Like, it's the the benefits kind of um, snowball. Or they, no, that's not a word I'm referring They reverberate kind of outward. So if black queer folks, black trans folks, all the, you know, if we are being censored and 
celebrated and our voices being heard, that doesn't do anyone a disservice. <laughs> like, that is good for everybody. Right. And so we, I've, I've been shown that over the course of two minutes. Yeah, and just to add on to that, um, it first started for me, when I say educate, I'm not necessarily going out, I'm like, this is my message, I want you to hear it, but just being me and how I represent myself, um, they come to me and they have questions or they let me know that they love my work or what I'm doing is beautiful. And the first, the first like realization to that was um, someone saw a white person wearing my clothing, and they were like, "I couldn't believe that they're wearing clothing." And I said, "Yeah, everybody, all colors and all ages and all races and genders will wear my stuff." Um, but I guess I can let the cat out of the bag on this one too because you'll be uh, posting this <laughs> after it's done. But um, I was reached out to a curator of a coffee house that is in a mostly white uh, community in Fair Oaks, California. Um, and she I is also a white woman. woman. <laughs> like, I live in California. <laughs> I'm clearly a transplant, so folks tell me about <laughs> when I had um, Iris on. She mentioned something. I'm like, girl, what? Where is that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have no yeah, idea. Though. Though. Yeah, the place is. Like, I, think, <laughs> I think it's like 30 minutes away. It might not even be that long, but it's it's, uh, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a, a little bit of ways. But it's mostly a white community, um, at least from what I've seen. I could be wrong. But uh, she contacted me, and she asked me to showcase my artwork for next week. And I was like, okay. And I was like, what type of style are you looking for? She's like, I've seen you in person at events. You probably don't remember me. Um, and I've seen your IG page. She's like, I want you to be you. She's like, I want you to bring all your work. She's like, these white people need it out here. I said, say hmm. Hey, look, okay. Well, for those, for those of you who are listening, I know Taylor said this week, I mean, next week, which will be technically this week for the listeners because we're recording, what's today? Today is Friday, November 8th. So y'all will actually hear this on the 13th. So I don't know, that may already be done? Or yes, in- so it will, it will, I will be delivering the work on Monday, the 11th. So, okay. so it will be technically this week. <laughs> They'll already have it. So yeah. there was something I was going to ask you. See, look, y'all know I'm getting old. Um, oh, okay, I remember. So my bad. Okay, so something that you mentioned, so you mentioned about, like, all of the things that um, were possible, you know, like, all the things you were offering, workshop classes, dance, uh, performance space, uh, galleries, but, you know, all that type of stuff, um, and a space that people can come to. So what does this look like, like, kind of for the operation? So I know that you're a teacher, so you have, like, your, you know, your Monday through Friday, your, you know, uh, job, plus being a teacher, <laughs> you know, Sometimes it goes beyond just the, the technical work hours, and then you have this space. So how do you navigate that? Like, how do you, how often do you have the space open? Is it, like, open every evening? How does that work? <sighs> so I work Monday through Friday until 5.30, and the studio is open Tuesday through Friday from 7 p.m. to 11, um, and weekends vary because I do events. But sometimes it does fluctuate. Like today, I'm in the studio earlier because I got off work earlier. So I might announce that I'm in the studio earlier or something like that. But it's set for Tuesdays through Friday, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. And then weekends vary. And I always post the hours of the studio hours on on weekends just because, like I said, it's never a permanent. So, so I, yeah, I just to keep it moving. <laughs> so let me let y'all know. Okay, so for listeners, y'all been around. So you already know the deal. Of course, you know, I don't have a um, studio. Um, there was some noise that y'all are probably going to hear on the episode because I don't want to 
Um, oh, Taylor said, but I don't know. It was a, a beeping noise or something like that. So y'all just gonna have to deal. <laughs> this is what this is what the process is until um until I get a dedicated studio space. I actually don't. I think it would may have been from your end, but I don't know what it was, and so we couldn't have predicted it. So it probably won't be able to be cut out, which means y'all probably heard it. So it'll be all right. <laughs> It was like two beeps. I don't know what it was, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, they already know. I'm like, look, y'all know. Y'all gonna hear some sound. Look, they folks be drag racing on the street. <laughs> my neighbors, my neighbors are so loud. I rant and vent about my neighbors on my show all the time because they're loud as hell. So at this point. One thing, I'm happy. I got, I got good neighbors. Oh, so great, because mine, my, my it, it's a downstairs neighbors, too. I'm like, how are y'all that loud from below me? I don't understand, but, um, <laughs> yeah, my listeners already know. And they still listen, so I'm like, okay, y'all must really, y'all, y'all good. Because <laughs> y'all still listen to me, despite the craziness. Okay, but, um, okay, so you were saying that studios open basically for after work time. So, mm-hmm. like, when, when do you rest? Because <laughs> you're working in the daytime. You have your studio open till 11, so you have to, you know, if there's any type of, like, training up or whatever you have to do or just kind of get yourself prepared to wind down. When the hell do you sleep? I feel so, um, what is the word, validated by you right now because I don't think people realize that I don't sleep. See? So, I, well, on Mondays, so that's why it's not open on Mondays. I do have to work, um, but the evening time I get to have just to relax or clean up or um, it's usually me stuff in my face and watch an anime all day. I actually had to force myself to learn, relearn how to relax about four weeks ago, last, I think last month sometime, um, because I actually was running myself down and I got sick. And I've been, it's been a while since I got sick. Cause I'm usually always sick, but I've changed my eating habits and all that, you know, hoopla to get better. Um, but I started running myself down because I was overstressing. And um, I don't know, I've, I've been through some things in the past couple of weeks that was like, nah, you have to relax. If you don't, it could be fatal. And, I mean, um, I don't think people realize that, though. Like, it, it's one of those things where if you do not, it's okay with rest, you can do it the easy way or the hard way. The easy way is to sit your ass down. The hard way is that your body will shut down. <laughs> then you have no choice. Right. Then you have to lay your ass down, possibly in the damn hospital. And ain't nobody got time for that. So it's, it's something where we have to prioritize and very much um, make, like, center that care and I folks know I talk about this all the time because I am like I have been notorious for going 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 and crashing and I can't I'm like I'm getting too old for that shit like I'm not old or anything but I it feels different now Uh, I mean 30s and 20s don't feel the same and shit I used to do in my like 18 19 21 I cannot like I can't it's not just that like oh I can't do it theoretically it's like I literally (laughs) cannot do it my body's like bitch no you got to sit down I just can't even physically um sustain that anymore of just like not sleeping barely eating well my eating still kind of terrible I don't eat as much as I need to but but the barely sleep like I get sleep now and I used to have really bad insomnia um my sleep is kind of choppy but I have to like make myself I was like okay I'm gonna start going to bed around a certain time just all kind of stuff because that rest I mean your body was shut down it's like oh you don't want to rest all right then 
<laughs> it's just gonna give out like, I'm clocking out. You might not be ready to start work, but I'm, your body will clock. But the funny thing is, I wasn't even listening to my body. And that's why I was so ran down. It was actually, um, I believe in God, so I'm a, I'm a reference God. It was actually God sending, I feel like, a person every single day, no exaggeration, to let me know I need to sit my ass down. Whether it was a random person on the street, or a stranger, or someone I just met, or my mom, or a, a long lost friend that I encountered randomly. Like every person, I think for about two weeks straight, said the exact same thing to me is, you need to sit down or it's not going to be, it's not going to end well for you. You need to relax. It's, it's so necessary. I mean, so I have to, I have to get over this idea of um, being still as being idle. Um, I used to feel like if I'm not doing something, I'm not being productive. If I'm not being productive, what's exactly. going on? And yeah. it's just, that's something that's very much ingrained in us, very much ingrained in black people in particular, very much ingrained in just in culturally, um, we're, we're supposed to always be doing things. And um, a friend of mine um, has this, really a movement um, called the NAP Ministry. And so she does a lot of work around rest and rest as resistance and those types of things. And I just think it's very, very important. Um, that we have to reframe the way that we look at rest and self-care because in a world that is not constructed for you to thrive, rest is a radical act. And that's something that I had to learn to understand. So now I'm like, I'm very adamant about my downtime and about my rest. I'm very unapologetic about it. Like we can fight. Like, <laughs> because like, I cannot, I can't do the 50 million things I do without recharging some kind of way without recuperating, without caring for myself. And we have to um, unlearn this idea that to care for ourselves is selfish because that's what we've been taught. We've been taught that how dare you want to take time out for yourself. You're supposed to be doing this and this for that person. You're supposed to be working and, and laboring and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, we, how are we pouring from empty cups? Like, how the hell is that possible? But that's what we've been, you know, accustomed to doing. So it's been something I've been working to reframe and something I've been talking to other people about because I really, really was bad about that. I really felt like, oh, if I'm being still, something is wrong because i got to be doing something. Right. And, yeah, that's the lesson I've learned because, honestly, I'm a very relaxed, laid-back person, um, very lazy in my teen years, early 20s, I was very lazy. Then I learned how to hustle, and then I forgot how to be lazy again. So now I'm trying to find a happy medium to where I'm, I can be diligent and I can work hard and still be mad motivated, but at the same time, take my moments, you know, and, and, and self-care and self-love. I'm really big on that anyway. I always have been. Uh, I need my bowl mask. <laughs> so I take my time. So that's actually my remedy for life. I don't care what you're going through. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. Actually, I'm going to give my rundown. I'm give everybody the rundown. But remedy for life, no matter what, even if somebody dies, like, shut your phone off, uh, get your music, or get your laptop, or whatever you need, um, put on Netflix or something like that, run your goals out, get you that little, that little Pinterest side of wood. Put in the bathroom. You get your snacks, get your wine. <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm so done. I, <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> put that in. Put that in the bathtub. Pop your phone up on the store, something like that. And fucking sit in that bubble bath or bath bomb, however you want to do it, and for like at least an hour and a half to two hours. And that should be even hot, like a jacuzzi type of hot. And relax, and you know, meditate or something while you're in there. Pray, whatever you need to do to get yourself centered. Um, because whatever you believe in whether 
it's religion or or energy, whatever. It's all it's all literally just energy, and that's my take on it. You can agree or disagree, but it's all energy, and we exert our energy every day, whether you think it's big or small. We exert some type of form of energy. It come it comes to a point where you decompress. And you send yourself back mm-hmm. to yourself. Um, and I feel like those last are because it's not just um, a mental thing. It's a physical thing. And you're you're using that hot water to rest your muscles. Mm-hmm. You know, you're healing yourself. Um, so, yeah, that's my remedy. And everybody listening is going to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much like a body, mind, spirit person. So I feel like, um, every, you know, there's like a way that things manifest in each. Uh, realm. So, you know, when we're stressed, we carry stress in our bodies, you know, so you have physical, and I'm someone who I I know for a fact, I absolutely carry stress in my body. I carry tension in my neck, my jaw. Um, I have, I will have stomach issues, just like, um, so I definitely carry stress in my body, and then we carry stress in our mind. We're worrying, we're anxious. We carry stress in our spirit. You know, we start to doubt and have a lot of fear and all of that. So, when we think about, like, our self-care and, you know, I know my listeners like, here she go. Because I, I talk about it a lot, but, I mean, I'm like, with my background, too, I would be remiss not to. But um, we have to kind of address it in each area. So what can you do physically, like what you were saying with taking a bubble bath or um, even doing, like, a hot shower, have your essential oils, have your diffuser, whatever it is, stretch, dance. You know, perk some, whatever you need to do. Right. Um, <laughs> physical, and then for that mental, whether you pray, you meditate. Um, and that, a lot of times the mental and emotional may uh, overlap or they may not. So something I used to tell a friend of mine who passed, I used to tell her, um, I would tell her vent. I'll say vent first. Like if something's frustrating, she was a teacher, and she dealt with a lot of stuff as a teacher. And so yeah. I was like, vent first. Vent, let it out. After you vent, breathe. So your venting was the mental part. Your breathing is the physical. Breathe and stretch. After you do that, then do your meditation and your prayer. That's the your spiritual part or whatever, type, you know, however you want to manifest that. So address each part. And then once you do that, make sure you do something like hydrate, eat something, you know, make sure you're giving your body and everything that you need and just be still for a moment, whether it's just playing some music or listening to the sound of rain, ocean, whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be like blasting music, but we have to really, I, I think sometimes like we don't realize how much of an impact this stuff has. And so like you were talking about energy, because I also do think that things boil down to energy. We exert energy, we receive, and a lot of times we exert more than we receive. So we have to do right. those things to recharge ourselves because a lot of, especially if you're a provider of some sort, a nurturer and all that, a lot, of, a lot of times you are pouring out more than you're getting in. You have to always look for ways to balance those scales, and that's something that I have been working on a lot because I would just be so tired and so drained and wondering why the hell I felt like that. And it was because I poured out all my energy to other folks, you know, in nurturing and in counseling because I'm a counselor and, you know, just doing all that kind of stuff. And then I'm like, what is there left of me? So I got to start, what recharges me? And whatever that is, for you, your bubble baths, for me, is the beach. Like, fit me on the beach. I can be with my damn self. Give me the ocean and the sand. I don't care about nothing else. All is right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so well, whatever that I mean, is. water for me is water. Like, I'm in it. I'm rounded by it. I need some type of water. But 
Water is just very restorative. Okay, let me not get started because I'm going to get on some other stuff. All right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get on some other shit. And I'm like, they are, my listeners already know how I am. Um, so, yeah, no, I definitely, but I definitely agree with you that we have to do things to have that balance. So I am glad that you take that time out for yourself, even though you might need some more time because that's still many days of the week that you may Yeah, I know. Well, I was going to say, um, I recently at my job uh, requested that I'm partially part-time, so I work um, a minimum of, well, I think, is it minimum? I think minimum is right where I'm not sure. I don't know. It'll, you'll let me know, but a minimum of 30 hours, um, no less than that, um, each week. So they'll give me what days are available for me to actually leave early, like today was one of the days. So then I have time to... uh take a second, maybe an hour or two, and then get back to whatever else I got to get done. Like if I'm working on my, my clothing from my clothing store or um, if I need to meet a client for something or uh, finish some paintings or something like that. Um podcast. A little bit more time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. You know, you, know. <laughs> you, know, you, you get some more time because it was actually getting to a point where, like, I was like, when am I going to have time to even do that? Yeah, I got an event on Saturday, but how am I going to prep? Because now that the studio is open, people are coming in frequently, um, walk-ins, which is nice. But then it's like, okay, I need to prep for this. But how am I going to prep for this if I have to talk to someone about something else? You know, so everything was just like mixing in together. But it's been a little bit helpful now that I uh, leave work sometimes early. Um, So, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I think I think that's dope. Um, I think it's dope because your um, your well being, but you're also prioritizing your work, like your work. You know, that's not you know. And of course, I mean, I have a lot of love for teachers because I think teachers are dope. Um, I might be a little biased because I <laughs> was a student teacher, but um, you know, I'm like, you know, we all learn from teachers, so. But I think it's dope that you're also prioritizing your work as an artist and as really a curator, you know. So you're doing, like, curator stuff. You're doing your own art, um, and you're creating and maintaining a space. Um, You're being a facilitator. So that's a lot of stuff, and you're prioritizing that as well. So I think that that's that's really dope. And it's something that, you know, I – as I kind of have been going through this podcast, like I always, for this year, 2019, I told my listeners at the beginning of the year, I'm like, okay, always going to circle back to you all centering yourself, like center yourself, do something that is about you. Everything don't have to be about other people. Um, This whole concept of like selfishness being seen as like this dirty word. I'm like, there are times for you to be selfish where you need to unapologetically just focus on yourself. And so um, I think, like, no, you know, I don't think. And, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think selfish and self love is the same thing. Well, no, I'm not saying it's the same thing. What I'm saying is that there's a certain there's a connotation with the word selfish, and what I want for people to. So that's not saying being only self serving because that's a different thing. But for you to do something that is only about you. Even if it's like one thing out of the day or whatever, every every little thing you do don't have to be about taking care of some other person because if you don't take care of yourself, where where are you going to pull that from to even provide right. for other people? So when I say selfish, I mean the like in in terms of like not with all the negative connotation with it, just 
the idea of you doing something that is just only about you. Right. So, yeah, I mean, because I feel like I have a lot of water than that, you know, but, yeah, just, like, you not being, because a lot of folks are selfless, <laughs> like, completely selfless, and I'm like, okay, so, when do you do something for you? Like, we feel like yeah. we have to always be serving other people, and I'm like, well, no, because when do you recharge? Right, and that, I, I do preach that a lot. Um, that's why I touched on people, a lot of people don't know what makes them happy, because, you know, yeah, you can recharge, but a lot of them don't even know what to do to recharge. And that's why I also have this space to uh, help with that. And I've actually had people just come. I tell them, I say, you ain't got to talk to me. You know, I'm just working on my stuff. And you just want a space to just chill or read or whatever. You, you come through, you know, because sometimes people need space to even figure that out. What, what mm-hmm. do you like? Or what, what does help me relax or recharge or whatever? So, you know, I definitely get that. Folks don't have a lot of spaces they can go to and just be and not have to kind of, like, do something to do that. Okay, so, like, you know, when people go into, like, let's say you want to go to, like, a coffee shop or something. Okay, well, you have, you know, you got to get, you got to buy something. And then you got to, you know, you have people who are coming up to you and saying, I mean, it's like, there's not many spaces where you can just go and you can just kind of be and be still and not have to worry about, navigating kind of a bunch of social stuff and people like, you know, kind of um, bothering you and stuff like that. And sometimes people can't even do that at home. So to have another space they can go to um, is important because it's not very common. Like for that person who, let's say they can't, like home is not their quiet place. And let's say they got school, they got work, they got home and they don't have anywhere else, you know. So it, it provides something that not a lot of people, you know, everyone doesn't have that, which is really Yeah, important. and just to clarify, like, I mean, like, people who just need to come in and just, you know, have a different aesthetic. Um, but I do charge $5 for people who are coming in to, like, study or create or do whatever they need to do to work on it. They don't have the space to do so. And $35 a month to just have an all-access pass for that. Um, but I still think that's reasonable. Um, and I try to keep it reasonable, so. That's very, because $35? I mean, for a month? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know where she's about to, where she about to go for that, but, you know, because if you can go try to sit, sit at Starbucks, you're still going to buy something. You're going to be spending more than that if you're going for a month. Right. Um, you know, just to be up there. So, yeah, so, I mean, I do think that that's um, something that's important. Um, something that is not related, but I wanted to ask about because I see, Time is winding down. Um, but what I wanted to ask about before we wrapped up. So before I started recording, y'all, I um, – so, you know, I kind of, like, do – just touch base with guests before we get into the show. Well, I guess listeners, y'all don't know that because <laughs> y'all don't hear that part. But so, yeah, I just want to touch base with um, guests before we get started. I asked Taylor um, what their pronouns were. And um, so, I don't know, you were like, okay, well, you just had, like, a vent or a rant or something about that. So, I want to know <laughs> what, what was that. What happened with that? Oh, God. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm about to get some slack for this. But um, I, I haven't really been in the queer community much. I mean, ever, really. To be, let's be honest. Um, but I was asked to MC. Uh, this event called Black Kitty Pop, uh, Black, Queer, Indigenous, um, Trans People of Color event. Yeah, they, and they, 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 yeah. My fault. 
Hold on, y'all should know what they mean by now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, they came together, um, and it was a really great space and all that stuff. And that was, like, the most queers I've ever been around, besides, you know, Pride or whatever. And it was really cool and intimate, but the question I kept getting asked, and I wasn't used to it, was my pronoun. And I just felt like, okay, well, maybe I should have to have one. And I was like, okay, fine, I'm they, them. And then I think I was, like, I, have a, I had a friend that kept, like, talking about it, like, oh, you finally chose a, a pronoun, doesn't that, and that rubbed me the wrong way. So I was painting, and I was like, wait, I stopped painting. I was like, why do I have to choose anything? And I said, since when do queers force other things upon other people? Isn't that what we do with straight people? I was confused. Mm-hmm. And I thought, about it. I thought about it, and I was like... I said, fuck all that. I'm everything. I'm he, she, them, they. I'm all of that because <laughs> I'm, I am. I, I express that. I'm androgynous. You really want to be that deep. But I was like, nah. I said, I said it's all just a fucking label. Even even non-binary is a label. I was like, I personally don't like labels. Hell, I take the label off my water bottle. I said, but the label isn't for me because I know who I am. The label is for y'all. Right. You know what I, I am. Which is what it, that, that is what it boils down to, though. It's like the label does, um, the, okay, so I don't, I don't know. You said you might have some flight. I don't think so, but I think because I also, I've been feeling the kind of way. <laughs> about um just like gender and kind of having my own little exploration in terms of my own gender but um I like I felt this need to um well okay like a while ago I started incorporating they into my pronouns I primarily use she but I started kind of incorporating they in um as well and, but I re- I recognized that like it was more so for other people not for me because I'm completely yeah. fine with C. Um, I'm femme, and even though I'm very like I'm I'm femme, but I I, I got a lot of shit going on. But anyway, femme, but still like you know a lot of masculine energy and all kind of stuff, and embrace all those things. But um, I felt like I started utilizing they because I it was more so a message to other people for them to not assume certain things. Like you may see me, you see my femme presentation, that doesn't mean you automatically know what what all I got going on. You don't, you shouldn't automatically assume that somebody is, you know, binary in a certain way because they are femme or that they are whatever. Like you shouldn't make those assumptions. And so, like you said about the labels are for other people, that's exactly what they are, but that's the limited kind of framework we have to communicate with. So we use those labels to communicate things to each other. Um, and sometimes it just gets irritating. <laughs> um, I mean, I it, 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 it boils down to like, the straight community come like, oh, who's the girl and who's the man of relationship? Like, right. I don't and know. I, why do I, why do I need to fucking, why do I need to fucking tell you what I am? Like, why can't you just accept me for me? Right. Like, just because I have mad masculine energy, but I got some type of softness to me at the same time, why do you need to, I was told to me like, oh, I feel like you're Zay, though. Okay, then you call me what you need to call me. But that's so quick, but that just bothers me. So I'm like, how are you going to tell somebody else what, you know what, I'm not going to even, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to even go there. Because how are you going to tell somebody else what they're, like, how they identify? Like, I got issues. See, I got problems. But I'm, I know I hear you, but that's how I feel. I'm just like, what the hell is going to tell you? I feel like you're, but what? But this is who I am. Like, you, other folks don't get to decide that for you. No, but why do I have to make a decision? That's the thing. Right. Like, even, even, even like the, you know, straight people, oh, okay, so they gay or straight, bye. And a lot of people are like, well, I, I just move how I move. Why can't I right. handle my gender? 
I just was how I move. How I feel. Like I got a, I got a pick one. That's how I feel. But I don't mm-hmm. feel that way. Like, I am who I, I am. I feel, some stuff don't. I have a lot of, yeah, I, that's a whole other episode. Because I got issues. Right. I have issues with having issues with communicating certain things because I'm just like, this don't. I don't. This ain't great. Like, <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't working for me. Like, that's the problem. This is not working for me. There's no, there's really no words to adequately describe what I'm describe and I feel like um yeah everything just falls a little bit short so I'm just like I'm just irritated with all <laughs> but I'm not saying thing. I'm not saying that I don't understand because I do completely understand yeah, you know yeah um I, I do understand really and, and I agree with it but it doesn't it doesn't move for me calling right. me he doesn't sit with me I mean honestly calling me she sometimes doesn't even sit with me right um they them definitely doesn't sit with me right See, that's my thing. I'm like, nothing completely, I don't have a problem with it. And I'm all for, I'm like, I'm all for people's autonomy and for their self-identification and all of that. Like you, whoever, whoever you tell me you are, that's who you are. Like, that's how I feel, period. But it's like, well, I just my started telling people you. my pronouns is daddy because shit. Hey. That's, that's what, <laughs> hey. You know, um, that's what, that's what yeah. I just, I'm just like, I give up. Like, I really do. Because for my own personal Nothing has completely clicked for me. So I just, yeah. So I know I got my own issues because for me individually, like for other people, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I don't really have issues for myself personally. I'm like, a lot of stuff it is not fitting for me. It doesn't like quite sit right with me. So I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> like, well, my just, slo- well, my slogan, one of my slogans is I am tailored, right? So I'm just, I'm tailored. I'm, I'm me. Yeah. And I'm not tailored for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to be anyway. <laughs> right? So I don't know. That, that's my you call me what you feel like I am. There's a lot of my students, because I work with preschoolers, who call me he. They know I'm a girl, but they call me he. And kids tell the truth and how they feel. No, I'm calling me he. And there's another. They always ask me, are you a boy or a girl? But this is the best one I've heard this far. It was like a few months ago. Um, I think, what did he say? He said, he's like, Miss Taylor, are you a boy or a girl? I said, I said, well, what did I say? I think I said I'm a girl. And he said, well, he said, I, I think you're both. So I said, okay, that's whatever you feel like it. There you he go. Said, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, you know, whatever you feel, you know, because none of that shit bothers me. Honestly, if I have to pick a label on anything, I'm an artist. And even that, I'm so much more than that. And I see that. Every day, I'm a I'm a beautiful being, and that's not being cocky. That's just me knowing my worth. That's so. the doom part with labels. I mean, it's like there's no label that's gonna fully encompass who I am, well, other than my name, I guess. <laughs> um, that's gonna fully, and that's one of the things. I mean, even with like nicknames, so I don't really do nicknames, none of that. I'm like, my name is my name. Like, my name encompasses me. It uses I mean, Taylor's not even my name. So, but it's kind of functioning like a chosen name, though, the Wait, way it's being used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's when I named myself like 10 years ago. So this is the name. I mean, you name yourself, look. What you name yourself is your damn name. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, my, my chosen name just happens to be my the name I was given because I love it but um I'm like we got we have the right to name my damn self all right I don't get to all that because I'm looking at the time like I need to be responsible okay so <laughs> before um before I wrap up I do want to 
give you a chance to plug anything you need to plug. Now, I know you mentioned that the grand opening is going to be coming at the beginning of the year, sometime around that time, but is there anything else going on or, you know, anything where we can circle back to that you have coming up? Yeah, I'm having a birthday party in December. I'm thinking about having it. Uh, let's see. I gotta figure out what date my birth or what day my birthday falls on. I think it's uh, a Sunday. When is your birthday? December 29th. Yeah, it's a wow. Sunday. So I don't know. I'm I'm hoping people we'll come to it because I know it's like after Christmas. Um, so before New Year's. Yeah. So I'm um, you know maybe I even have a New Year's party on my birthday. Either way it goes, I, I'm gonna have a birthday party and I'm turning 29. But with that said, okay. So isn't that my last year? A golden uh, birthday or something? What's the? I think yeah, 29 on 29th. Yeah. Oh, because I was. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. I ain't know nothing about that. <laughs> so since I'm turning 29, I'm 29. And so last year, my 20s, I'm going to have a celebration in end of my 20s. And I want everybody to be dipped in all black. It's going to be like a trap dog funeral party. But I want it in hella extra. I want people like to be dipped to the gods. Like I want like glitter, black, black glitter. I want extraness. I want to see black kings and queens just in jewels. Like I want... The extra. Like, as if I actually pass yeah, away, I want that to be extra. Okay, all black for my dirty 30. I was like, all black, everything for yeah. my dirty 30. Ooh. For my first wedding, because me and my wife had two weddings, we extra. But our first one was black, was all black, you know, Wakanda forever. And then we did the beach wedding, you know, more a little more traditional. But got to do the black. Black is just sexy. Yeah, right? So I'm going to have that on my birthday. So yeah, that's that's the event. That's gonna be like the pre pre event before January. Yep. That's, that's gonna, gonna be like the, the prequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the prequel okay. to the main event. To the main event. Okay. So once I, once I know when the grand opening date will be, and you have like all stuff for it, then you know just let me know. I can share on um on social media because I know there are some folks who are up in that area who are listeners, so they can, you know, see if they can come. I want everybody from all areas. I'm not just doing stuff locally. Even other artists in other areas who like to bring their work in the gallery, please come through. Like, please come through. Now, I do take 30% of your sale if you are trying to sell. If you want to have your work just to showcase around the studio, Please come talk to me. Email me. Hit me, hit me up on my website. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not just uh, tailoredmind.com. Okay. And I'll make sure that I include links and stuff. Y'all already know in the show notes. I'll have um, tags and all that good stuff so y'all can stay posted on what is going on. So, um, but yeah, um, we we had to do some back and forth to try to figure out the scheduling because we're both busy as hell. Um, <laughs> I learned of Taylor, like, during the time where I was extra busy. I was like, God, I had all the things to do and um, still doing a bunch of shit. But luckily, we both um, had some unexpected time today. I'm very glad that I was finally able to have you on. And I'm glad I was able to get you on before the grand opening so that I can let people know about it. Y'all can go check it out. Um, yeah, so that's dope. Um, but, yeah, so what I want to do is definitely after you have the grand opening, like, just kind of have an update on, like, how stuff went, you know, oh, what, sure. what's going on, because it's just it's so cool to kind of, from the beginning, just see how this is progressing and see the growth. So I think it's dope. Um, 
I think that's it. Anyway, I'm missing anything? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm single. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, just putting that out there. So, you know, if you're looking for an artist, if you need an artist love in your life, an artist daddy, apparently, then yeah. <laughs> you can just find in the DMs, okay? Um, so, yeah. You're going to have to, so, yeah. Y'all go ahead and report. Report on over to the DMs. Oh, okay. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm including IG, uh, Taylor's IG info, so, hey. Just oh, quickly, once I reach 500 followers, which is, like, I think 25 more, I'm doing a giveaway for a, um original piece done by me. It's a watercolor hummingbird. Um, so once I get to 500, and you do the um, requirements to get the piece, then I will do a raffle on live and pull a name. Okay, so go and like Taylor's Instagram first. You got to like it before you, you got to start following. Okay, go ahead and follow it. Right. Don't be sliding the DMs if you ain't following. All right? Right. First, follow first. Then hop, skip, jump, slide into the DMs, okay? But you got to follow first. Because if you don't follow first, Taylor's not going to respond. That might not actually be true, but I'm so, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Taylor's going to and be like, did this motherfucker follow me? Nope. Delete. Block. So that's how that's going to work. Okay. Just so y'all know. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, y'all know I appreciate you. And as always, let me go ahead and do my little spiel so my producer don't want to fight me because I don't, y'all, I'm getting old. I don't want to be fighting this stuff. So for those of you all who do not know, well, first of all, shout out to my patrons. Y'all the real MVPs. I got another new patron. So I'm here for all of that. Y'all don't, y'all just don't know. You're helping your girl out. So for those who are interested in supporting via Patreon, um, you can do so by going to patreon.com. So that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash black rat queer b l k r a d q w r as you already know i'm black rat queer across all social media so k r a d q w r on facebook instagram twitter out in these streets okay so that's where you can find me i still have my um merch so that's also black rat queer on teespring and for um one-time contributions you can slide on over to demo or cash app also black rat queer so that's all the stuff. So don't say you ain't know, because I tell y'all every time. Um, thank you to those who are already patrons. Appreciate you, because this shit ain't free. <laughs> all right, y'all. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. And until next time, that's it. That's all I got for y'all. Black Radical Queer is a main hustle media podcast hosted by Javier Nicole. BRQ is produced and edited by Charmaine Fury, and the show's theme music was created by The Brothers Records. You can connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at Black Rat Queer. That's B-L-K-R-A-D-Q-W-R. You can also connect with us on Facebook through the Black Radical Queer Podcast Facebook fan page or the BRQ discussion group. You can get Black Rat Queer merch on teespring.com slash Black Rat Queer, B-L-K-R-A-D-Q-W-R. And you can leave a voicemail, call in, ask a question, those types of things on the BRQ Google Voice line. And that number is 937-601-8647.
Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.